0: I would never besmirch the name of Jose Reyes or anyone who he subbed in for himself. him during those <laughs> yes <laughs> we're only being asked about fixing one problem if that creates other problems that's really not our responsibility now is it contract the Mets <laughs> delete what, your team what would we do for this segment if we didn't have the men? <laughs> And welcome to episode number 149 of Artificial Turf Wars, just letting you know that we've never been asked to work on back-to-back days. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined by the incomparable Joshua Howsam. Josh, how's it going for you? It's going pretty good. How about you? Uh, It's good. It was a very warm day outside. I'm in an air-conditioned room, and I'm just happy about that. Just
1: chilling yeah that's uh that's a nice way to be
0: so the blue jays are chilling um sometimes it goes well for them lately more so than perhaps in in the month of may um the offense is the main reason for that the pitching is not so we're going to talk about that uh because eric sogard who continues to be excellent and Lourdes Gurriel jr who continues to be even more excellent than we maybe were expecting got some uh some chit chat about the player of the month award that was handed out uh Freddie Galvis uh, remembered that he can hit when he's on a hot streak. Uh, Danny Jansen is an above-average hitter for the last little while, which is something I think we expected at the beginning of the season, and then maybe we didn't, uh, didn't pay too much attention to that because of the rough April and May he had. Marcus Stroman. Mm, the only useful starter that Blue Jays have is kind of achy. Um, Sanchez continues to take his turn in the rotation, continues to be not good. Uh, Giles is back and we we all agree He's doing the right things They're still being tentative using him We have of course your questions We have more Mets news Because I think I think if I had to pick another team to follow It wouldn't be the Mets for the players It would be for all of the stuff that goes on around the Mets Because it, it's fodder for so much uh, Chit chat And then uh, Lenny Dykstra appeared Out of a wild Dykstra appeared And we'll talk about that on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, so yeah, the the Blue Jays they realized you know what we can probably be a decent hitting team. Kind of weird. Yeah,
1: it's they they've been actually really strong hitting club in the in the month of June. I mean they were they I think they had a lot of games where if they had the pitching they had in april they would have won them
0: <laughs> yeah yeah totally i mean matt shoemaker is sorely missed in this context <laughs> um i i i do this you know i pull up the stats before we we go and i pulled up last 30 days and i think we i said you know if you had half of your guys or more who were above average you probably have a decent hitting team that's what you need and for the first two months there was like there was two maybe three guys above average Lourdes Guriel, Eric Sogard, Kevin Biggio, Freddie Galvis, and, and Randall Grichuk, and even Danny Jansen over the last 30 days have all been at least 6% av- uh, above av- of league average hitters and, and Gurriel and Sogard, they're WRC plus 187 and 165 over a month. Um, that's excellent. And what do you know? That leads to more run scoring.
1: Yeah. Crazy how that happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, the team is averaging, since June 1st, 5.17 runs per game, which is really quite solid. You know, they have an OPS of 7.88 for the team, which is, you know, that, that's excellent. I mean, that, that's top of the league levels. And so it's kind of creating this interesting thing where if you look at this team, you're like, okay, well, you got Gurriel, who seems to be pretty good. You've got Guerrero, who hasn't hit his stride yet. You've got Biggio, who looks like he's pretty good. You have Bichette mashing in AAA. And it's like, okay, there might be signs of an offense coming forward with this team. And I think that that's really exciting to see.
0: And I think it is, you know, it's good that these guys have been given the opportunity to get at bats uh, because the guys who started the year um, really not, not contributing, Billy McKinney and Brandon Drury, they don't seem to really be the answer. Billy McKinney's been kind of okay. Brandon Drury has been abysmal, um, still. So, so handing over the the opportunities to these these uh, guys like Gurriel after he came back from from the minors, I, I think that Charlie Montoyo has the flexibility to to sit who he wants without worrying about tonight's game in particular. Maybe has has given us more looks at a wider variety of players than otherwise would have happened.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And and you know, like just a quick couple of quick and dirty numbers. Like on Guriel, this is up up into up to the fourth inning of the game <laughs> on Wednesday. The uh today's Wednesday, right? Yes, Wednesday, July third. He since June first, he's hitting three forty eight with a four hundred on base, a seven oh five slugging, and so that's a four hundred forty eight WOBA. And over that time, he has the most home run. And since 20, May 24th, when he came back, he leads baseball in home runs.
0: Which is insane. Really? It, absolutely insane. <laughs> is, there's a lot of people hitting a lot of home runs this year. The fact that Gurriel Jr. is the guy, um, I don't think anybody would have predicted that, no. even even in a best case scenario for Gurriel Jr.
1: Yeah, I mean, in that stretch that I'm talking about from June 1st, I don't have the May 24th stats up that. That other one was a Sportsnet Stats tweet. But since June 1st, he's hitting a home run in 8.8% of his at-bats, his plate appearances. And he's walking at 8% rate. So he's actually, he's just been unbelievable since returning.
0: Yeah. And I mean, here's to his blossoming as an offensive player. So I'm I'm all for that. And of course, we can't not talk about Eric Sogard in that same breath because they both got... Uh, is it votes or is it just honorable mentions when when they talk about player of the month awards? Did they really break it's it? It's votes, I believe. Okay.
1: Yeah. But been, so they came in in the honorable mention. They were in the they were the runners in the runners up section,
0: which I don't remember the last time the Jays had two different players who would show up in a player of the month in the same month.
1: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable the the way that worked out. And you know when you look at the numbers, it's like okay, yeah, these guys kind of deserved it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm now, I was doing up until now, but just just going the entire month of ju- of June. Guriel hit three thirty seven, three eighty one, six eighty three. Sogard hit three seventy four, four sixteen, six oh four. <laughs> so that's a four thirty four wOBA for Guriel and a four twenty two for Sogard.
0: Which anyone would take in a heartbeat from from um, you know infielder or outfielder. It, it it's. Fantastic performance!
1: Yeah, it, it was tremendous. I, and then, of course, this would normally be in the do-over section, but we have another. We have another one, so I'm just going to say it now. MLB's tweet said, "Ludis Guriel of the Blue Jays and Eric Sogard of the Oakland Athletics."
0: <laughs> Once upon a
1: time, he hasn't played for the A's since 2015. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like I mean, one thing they said, like the Brewers or something, because he was there the last couple of years, but no.
0: Oh, the lazy tweet. That's that's the problem. It's like, oh, I, I pulled up this file photo and the first one that turned up was of Sogard with an A's hat on. He must play for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was
0: something else. Um, so along those lines, Freddie Galvez has had a bit of a resurgence. He still doesn't walk a ton, um, but... And he never will. No, but he's, he certainly found that power stroke again.
1: Yeah, he has. You know, I, Again, I have this stats page up from June 1st to now, but during that time he's got a 3.45 weighted on base or an 8.20 OPS, which is tremendous, especially with a, for someone who's a good defensive shortstop. Even though the numbers actually don't think he's that good this year, I think that some of the things that defensive stats don't catch is like the consistency of good throws. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to say because I think he does. He's better on some metrics than others, but watching him every day, he looks like a good shortstop and he's hitting.
0: He looks fine to me. Like, he... he... I think when you get into trouble with shortstops is, is when a guy cannot make the throw. Like, he just doesn't have enough arm strength or he doesn't have proper footwork to, to set up. Um, you mean Jose Reyes? To, no, no. I would I would never besmirch the name of Jose Reyes or anyone who he subbed does that in for himself. him during those Yes. Yes, he he besmirches all on his own <laughs> in different ways. Oh, uh, Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I think that I think that as long as, as you're getting to the ball and you are uh, making the play to first, I, I'm going to be fine with you as a shortstop. Long story short, no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, well, Who else we got? We got, oh, yeah, Danny Jansen, our catcher who, of the future.
1: Who just took Chris Sale deep, by the way, as we're recording this. Yes. <laughs> Again, uh, same sample size. 355 over that stretch right on base with a 338 on base and a 507 slugging
0: he's above average which is fine for a catcher
1: <laughs> and one of the the very interesting things about that too one of the things about jansen coming into this season was basically the report was he could hit mm-hmm. um and but that his throwing was below average and his framing was below average well, he's considerably above average in framing, according to BP's metrics, which are, I think, sort of the the accepted ones in the industry right now. Uh, 6.7 framing runs above average, or just a plus 6.7, and his throwing is league average.
0: Uh, the other really sort of weird thing about Danny Jensen is of all the people on this team who strike out a million times, Danny Jansen strikes out the least in the last month. He's only Less stri- than Sogard? Yeah. Over the, over the last 30 days, which is what I have up, he struck out 12% of the time in his 68 plate appearances. Sogard has uh,
1: 13.3. Oh, yeah. Yeah, only nine strikeouts for Jansen since the start of June.
0: So maybe that's sort of what's what's playing into it for him is a little better discipline on what he's swinging at, um, and it's uh, resulted in better contact.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's the case. And he's had horrible batted ball look. I think his babic it was like 2 two twelve or some, some long stretch, but he's been hitting the ball well, and he, there was some... Apparently, this came up on the broadcast on uh, Canada Day, I think it was, that he'd been so pull-happy that he was sort of getting out of his swing a bit, and they co- tried to correct that, and now he's driving the ball again.
0: Apparently, there are a lot of hits in the middle of the field if you talk to Pat and Buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I find there's also a lot of home runs in the corners, but that's just me taking a look out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, the power's coming, showing up too. He's got four home runs in his last six games. And he was like, if you watched him and saw him in the minors and stuff, like hitting for batting average and not striking out a lot. were kind of what he was known for. But he also had a bit of pop and we're finally starting to see a bit of it showing up into some major league games.
0: I think, again, it, it helps him knowing that there's nobody coming for his job. It's not like the veteran catcher on this team is going to take at-bats away from Danny Jansen. Um, he literally has all season because his, his backup catcher is Luke Mele, who is is never going to be Lukey Barrels, regardless, regardless of the fun time we had with that nickname for three minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the job security certainly helps, and it, and it didn't hurt that... Uh you know reese mcguire in in buffalo wasn't exactly tearing things up so he knew he could just play and work through whatever issues he's got and now obviously we're seeing you know some some level of (laughs) some some success coming out of that you know we'll have to see how well this keeps up going forward of course but it's certainly a good sign and closer to what we thought we were going to get from him
0: i genuinely wonder with catchers um about the complicated nature of of handling a pitching staff like a new pitching staff uh and as a young catcher, you know, in general, um I'm sure the scouting information is a little different between Triple A and and the bigs. Whether that that is a bit overwhelming from day to day um for for a young rookie. I'm sure it is. Hard to hit and do all that other stuff at the same time. But hey, he's a catcher, so he's obviously a little bit crazy. <laughs> Um so now we got to get to the part that we don't like to talk about which it was the hitting in the first 2 months now it's the pitching. <laughs> uh Marcus Stroman. Uh he he can he can still pitch. Uh you had that Now we do not this is disclaimer. We do not value pitcher wins in any real context only as a vague indicator of, you know, more or less durability.
1: Yep. Yeah. But uh, this is, again, from the Sportsnet Stats Twitter account. The the, the Blue Jays starters have a major league low seven wins since April 28th. Again, it's a very arbitrary endpoint. But the very interesting thing about that is since that, between that, in the entire months of May and June, no pitcher, starting pitcher, other than Marcus Stroman or Trent Thornton registered a win.
0: That's Played one Richard of those. Richard got one on Canada today. Yeah, you just want to sit and you just want to go – Okay, think about how many times someone took the mound and all they had to do was probably get through five innings and and not give up, like, more than two runs. Just just five innings, a couple of runs, five and dive, and you can get yourself a W. And nobody did it. Except for Marcus Stroman, who did a whole lot more than five innings and a whole lot less than two runs in some cases. And Trent Thornton, who is not bad when he's on. Yeah. will give him that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's
0: just, it's TT. Um, yeah, Clayton Richard finally squeaked one out. Great.
1: Yeah. And even in that one, he wasn't great. He gave up three runs in six innings, which is solid enough, I guess. But you know, he, he battled and he gave up. He blew the lead at one point and then they gave it back to him. But yeah, the starting pitching has been... Objectively
0: terrible. And I think it's it's even more magnified by the fact that the Blue Jays seem to be able to do something against sort of second tier teams like the Kansas City Royals, um and look completely overmatched by anything that, that looks like a division contender like the Yankees or the Red Sox.
1: Yeah. I mean, they won a series against the Red Sox pretty recently, but uh the interesting thing, like the reason also when this stuff gets magnified, the pitchers being bad, it's the exact opposite of what was in April, where the offense being bad was magnified because the pitching was good. Now the the pitching being bad is magnified because the offense is good. It's like if they only could be
0: halfway competent, this team could win games. But if they were halfway competent, they'd be halfway competent all the time. <laughs> right. And this is what I—I I think I mentioned this when the pitching was was decent, but the hitting was absolutely non-existent. I—I I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but I—I I know I've talked to people, and I'm like, yeah, it's just—it's going to be one of those ships passing in the night thing where you can't get the team for more than three or four games at a time to do both things well. um And you watch if they do do both things well, there'll be a game where they throw the ball around, and commit like five errors.
1: the state of your blue jays fandom in 2019
0: folks it's it's a sad truth is because part of being good right is being consistently good um mike trout gets on base every game because he's awesome because he's mike trout but
1: uh consistently good and there's you know in the conversation for best player of all time but yes
0: well, yeah, I mean, you you want one of those guys having a best player in the league season on your team every year. You want them. You don't get them, but you want one, don't you? I would hope so. Absolutely. Uh, so that was Marcus Stroman. Stroman, uh, was tonight supposed to be his turn?
1: No, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. He still
0: so. might take it. <laughs> it's like he looks around. Do I want to do this? <laughs> I have to fine well, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, <laughs> the
1: issue is in his left lat, which is not his pitching shoulder obviously so it's just whether he's still sore tomorrow if if he is <clears> then they'll just I don't know who they'll throw but they'll skip him the rumor is they're the going
0: to go get Thomas Pannone out of the minors yeah. Um,
1: yeah and then they would just probably send down Waggis back, who's pitching in this in this game that we're recording during
0: Waggis back. I'm going to be sad to see him go if only for the, the way that rolls off the tongue
1: Oh, yeah, it's really easy to say. <laughs> and by uh, the way, Galvis has two more hits in this game. Galvis. So, been the, the hitting's good, but yes, the pitching. Not the yeah. penny.
0: <laughs> Not the <de> penny, <bene>. no. <laughs> um, all right. So, so, he's so.
1: Ho- hoping for a, a speedy return to health for Strowman, just, you know, for the, our sanity watching games, but also obviously for his trade value.
0: Can we hope for a speedy return to quality pitching for Aaron Sanchez? No. Yeah,
1: I, probably I, not. I, I think that's just the answer. That right now, right?
0: Yeah, he has he has eighteen starts under his belt, and his ERA is five and a bit. No, so no, six and a bit. I resorted the table by mistake.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's he's been one of the worst pitchers in baseball. Uh, so Jason Stark does his mid-season awards every year, including the AL and NL Cy Young, and gives the AL and NL Cy Yuck. <laughs> and his AL Cy Yuck went to Aaron Sanchez. Oh, is it
0: twelve ERA for June?
1: Yeah, that wasn't just for June. That was for the first half of the season. But yeah, he was—you know—he was really, really bad in June. And like you said, it was—he was Edwin Jackson bad.
0: Who's rehabbing, by the way? Because I know you wanted to have him back as soon as possible. Yeah. There's a
1: serious problem with the Sportsnet website, by the way. I'm scrolling down. I was trying to find Shai DeViti's article about Aaron Sanchez and just keep showing me the same two articles over and over and
0: over <laughs> again. <laughs> Do over to Sportsnet. <laughs> we're, we're so happy about these two particular pieces of content that in an endless scrolling loop, you could view either of them. <laughs> it's really bad. But basically,
1: I wanted to pull up the actual stats he had, but Strowman's fastball is getting just tuned up. And obviously, you know, your nickname for him,
0: he Hammers and Bullets. Sanchez. We're still talking What'd about you Sanchez. You said Strowman. Did I say Strowman? Yeah.
1: Yes, I meant Sanchez.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, so the, his, his fastball just keeps getting ripped.
0: So if if your bullets can't kill anybody, um, there's a limit on the number of hammers you can throw.
1: (laughs) Right. And we've talked about part of the issue there. You know, when we've been discussing the issues with Aaron Sanchez this season, he's just not throwing his fastball as hard. And, you know, when you're not throwing it as hard, you need to throw it for strikes. And and he's not Mm. doing that. And it's not sinking as much as it used to be. So he's getting less movement. It's less velocity, and he can't locate it. So that's a problem.
0: I would genuinely be curious if they handed a 2015 baseball back to Aaron Sanchez for all of his starts, if some of this would go away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly a case to be made for that, because... Well, I mean, the the blister problem started with the change in the baseball.
0: Yeah. And we, no one has argued that the seam, the seam texture or height or whatever, that the nature of the seams on the ball has changed over time, along with all these other things that they've, you know, they've analyzed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Because a bunch of other pitchers had blister issues that worsened at the same time. What could have been
1: yeah i mean it, it, there's a really good case to make that the change in the baseball ruined Aaron Sanchez, which is that's not something that should happen
0: no no it's it it's a real shame if that you know we'll never know hundred percent but it's a real shame if that was the factor that ruined a guy's career because it's it's so much unexpected out of out of the way the game is played right i mean it it'd be like them changing to aluminum bats in the middle of a season very quietly and nobody noticed for like six months somehow
1: yeah that would lead to pitchers dying but yeah (laughs) but yeah it's a real problem and i i'm not sure what the solution really is i mean we have questions about that but you know like if you're keeping him in the rotation i don't know how do you how do you expect improvement He's I mean he's even trying. He's throwing his curveball more than he's ever thrown it. And you know, as, as far as you know pitches go, the curveball is actually doing okay. People are are they not hitting it very well. It's 2.21 average and a 2.44 slugging against it. Like he might have to increase it even more, but the problem is he's not throwing the fastball for strikes, so he's not getting it a, so you can't keep throwing curveballs if you're throwing falling behind everybody.
0: Yeah, you, you must mix the pitches in a way that makes sense, not just rely on the pitch that has a low batting average against it, because eventually uh, there's an expectation of receiving that pitch, right? So batters adapt pretty quickly to the obvious strategy.
1: I mean, that, that's true, but if your curveball is good enough, then you can still be success- successful, but you have to be throwing strikes to your fastball to do it. <laughs> right.
0: Uh, lastly, uh, for our, you know, weekly roundup here, uh, Ken Giles who we enjoy uh they're not really rolling him out i guess back-to-back days we've seen them go a different direction if they needed uh to close out a game
1: yeah they uh they went to daniel hudson so he so jaws closed the game and it's like all right he looked awesome it's like he's back next day safe situation out comes daniel hudson who me he blew the save but then got the win he got the vulture win but uh so then he's not really all the way back giles that is we they they're easing him back in. I think it's just, they want to be like extremely careful with their elite trade asset. They do not want him to be hurt.
0: Yeah. I, they want to continue to demonstrate as, as, as much as possible that he's good and that he's, uh, he's going to be fine when you get him from us. <laughs> you don't want yeah. him to fall off the shelf.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they have to show that he can pitch in back-to-back games before they trade him. But it's just like, yeah, you'll, you're going to pitch once every few days for now. And then, you know, right before the trade deadline, you'll throw two games in a row. And then, okay, teams, come get him.
0: Yep. All right. That is uh, that. Another week in, in Blue Jays baseball land where we still aren't really talking about wins or losses because of reasons. We're going to progress from that to your questions, which, I mean, one of these weeks, someone's going to ask how many games we won or lost um, right after this. We have returned. And uh, it's important to note that we're here for you. And you know that we're here for you because we answer your questions time now to hear from our listeners that just seems silly here are the rules first I ask a question then you ask a question then how does that sound sweetheart could you repeat the question please sometimes I feel like the question comes back fairly often so the question gets repeated all on its own <laughs> the first question from uh, Josh Trites at JT Trites kawai kawaii kawaii not <laughs> I had to give that one to you. sure, <laughs> No, it's a Coactus. No, nothing works. Um, yeah, uh,
1: a River. I heard they were saying that during the games.
0: Good luck to all of you Raptors fans out there in your time and hour of need. Uh, Dave Church asks a free agency question. What would help MLB free agency be as good as the NBA's?
1: So this is, again, related to the Kawhi Leonard thing and Just the start of the NBA free agency was basically stars moving left and right all the first day, and then all of a sudden the only one left is Kawhi, and it's like, is he going to L.A.? Is he going to the other L.A.? Is he going to Toronto? (laughs) And it's just dominating the news cycle to the point that CP24 had a news helicopter following his SUVs, which was
0: ridiculous. This is no... Like he's going to yeah. lean out of the window and wave the contract around on his way back to the private jet. Like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would love if he did that. That'd be a boss move. <laughs> but he ain't but
0: gonna, uh, nobody's going to do that.
1: <laughs> so, to answer Dave's question, though, I don't really know what the answer would be short of a hard salary cap. I mean, yeah. that's why these free agency, like the NHL free agency, all the best players sign on day one. And, and same with the, the NBA one, it's because there's a cap system. And so in the NHL, it's a hard cap, which means you can only spend so much money. So everyone wants to race to sign so that they're not left with teams not being able to sign them. And in the NBA, it's there's very specific offers you can give guys. And it's like, OK, well, if they can all offer the same thing, I know which team I want to go to.
0: Yeah, I think we you. the The untrained eye sees that dynamic and thinks oh this this is a bunch of guys all taking advantage of the league and 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 the the owners are just throwing out money left right and center but what you're really seeing and this was pointed out on twitter not by me and i but i agree with it what you're really seeing is people desperately going for a limited resource this is like you know this is like there's an x quota of fish out in the sea and if you don't get into the sea first to go get your fish you get locked, you get, you get shut out and none of the players want that.
1: Right. Exactly. And that's because of the cap system. Baseball obviously does not have one. And thus you get the situation where teams hold out till they can get the offer that they want to get, or should I say players do teams do the same thing, obviously,
0: but uh, more one than the other lately. And it's been a problem.
1: Right. And you know, that, that creates this, situation where they got the teams like well if we wait they'll sign for less money and the players like well so I'm not going to sign for until I get what I want and then you get this dragging on horrible offseason which gets exacerbated by teams not trying to win so I guess the only realistic thing that they could be done short of putting in a cap which will never happen is that there'd be some draft incentive for being good and not making the playoffs yeah like you could do that. Like if if the if the draft works in reverse order of teams not making the postseason or something like that, everybody would try
0: harder. That would be wacky, and then you get small market teams complaining, and round and round we go. So there aren't really yeah. any small market teams, but. We'll get no that but the question was to fix free agency that would fix it. <laughs> yeah. or, or, no that would mitigate it it wouldn't fix it we're, we're only being asked about fixing one problem if that creates other problems that's really not our responsibility now is it now we sound like mlb <laughs> <laughs> uh it's not hard to sound like them really um so it's a coactus at split letters asks is there any signing or move the Jays could make in the next couple of years that would whip the city into a frenzy on the same scale as Kawhi Watch?
1: Oof. I mean, on that level, no. <laughs> I don't think there is. I mean, we're talking about a player who was traded here and then won a championship and might and is arguably the best player in the sport and might re-sign with the Raptors, or in this case, it would be the Blue Jays. I don't think that that exists. But if the Jays went out and signed Mookie Betts in a couple of years, or if no, Strasburg
0: I, is... I think first key is they must win whatever they're going to, you know, they must win the World Series or, or appear in the World Series, um, and then seek to improve the team by signing the best player in the league
1: or bring the team back. But but just in the general question, though, like would the player that we, like, they could bring a certain level of excitement back to, I think if they did sign someone like Mookie Betts in a couple of years or throw a ton of money at Garrett Cole this offseason, it would bring the excitement back to like what it was in 2013, right? Which obviously it's not the same as this Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard stuff. There wouldn't be helicopters following Garrett Cole to the Rogers Center, but it would at least energize the fan base a bit.
0: Yeah, I I think that has to be tied to you know the the team apparently going all in, which is what 2013 was and why people got excited.
1: Yeah, and I think I said the only way they're going to go sign a Garrett Cole is if they're trying to push in, right?
0: Yeah, he's he's not going to be the only guy, but he would be maybe the icing on the cake kind of thing. But yeah, I agree. He's he's not going to be. There's going to be no helicopter. Yeah. Okay. Questions not related to the Toronto Raptors begin now. Uh- you ready? Yeah, I'll
1: ask you a couple. Okay. From Kyle Allen, 1987. He's got two. We'll ask them both in sequence. Have we seen the last of Devin Travis with the Blue Jays?
0: I think we have, to be perfectly honest. There's a lot of very young, very good infielders uh, who are not yet injury prone, and those things get them in front of Devin Travis in line. If there's only one or two, sure, but there's probably four guys in front of him now.
1: I mean, I think we could see him as a September call-up or something like that, but it does seem like his time as a valued member of this roster is coming to an end.
0: Hit me with number two.
1: All right, next one, also from Kyle Allen. If Giles gets traded and Strowman continues to struggle as a starter, do you (laughs) consider making...
0: The number of San- times. Sanchez,
1: Sanchez, Sanchez, Sanchez. <laughs> if Sturz gets traded and Sanchez continues to struggle as a starter, do you consider making him the closer? And, of course, that's right, about Marcus Strowman. It's right
0: there in front of you, Josh. It's <laughs> on the screen. All you have I to don't do know, is... man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Wow. Okay, yeah. Sanchez uh, continues to struggle as a starter, which we have reason to believe he will do. Um, do I make him the closer? Do I? Yes. Uh, I First, I put him in in a, a short-term bullpen role, um, you know, seventh, eighth inning, and I see if the stuff plays any better, if he's throwing more strikes, if he's throwing harder, something, if the fastball doesn't get teed off on all the time. If any of that looks like it works, like it did back when he first came up and was in the bullpen, not a starter, uh, yeah, I give him the closer's job after... It'll only take a couple weeks, but if that stuff doesn't play, then no, he never sees the the closer role Um, for me. Am I the Blue Jays? No. What about you, Josh?
1: I think I agree with everything you just said. I love it. We sort sort of discussed this last week on the podcast, I think, but this idea that send him to the bullpen if he can struggling and if he can refine that velocity. Great. Stick him in the closer role and try to
0: rebuild value that way. Yeah, I think we've crystallized our thoughts around that. Uh, would you like me to read you Matt Sweeby's question? Go for it. This is a tricky one. Who is your best guess to get the majority of at-bats in center field for the 2020 Blue Jays? Gritchuk, Hernandez, Alfred, Pompey, other player not yet in the organization. Um, also, there was a, f- a related question up here from uh, Aaron Poleski. Yes. See, I remembered the pronunciation guide. Um uh, Vladdy is, no. That wasn't from him. This is not related at all. That I was Kevin. Your Kevin, Kevin. You're about
1: Kevin seekerin or seekerin's question.
0: Yeah, why did they swap Grichuk for Hernandez in center field? I thought Grich was the assumed center fielder for the next few years. What happened? Yeah, uh, that second question is really the interesting one because I
1: would have thought for sure the answer was Grichuk when they signed him to that deal and traded Kevin Pilar essentially on the same day. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't happened. Now Gritchik is still playing a decent amount of center field when Hernandez sits, it's Gritchik out there. But it certainly seems like they're not convinced that that's his role, otherwise that's where he'd be every day.
0: Are they shopping Hernandez?
1: I don't I don't know that putting him in center field is doing that. Is it that's his offense is gonna be what really drives his value, but
0: well, I, so, I just mean like, hey, a right fielder with a 700 OPS is like nothing. But hey, look, a guy who can play center field with a 700 OPS is maybe something. I don't.
1: I don't think that's the case because, I mean, Aaron Sanchez is. I did now. What is wrong with me, man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're going You have to title this podcast Sanchez on the brain.
1: <laughs> oh no! I didn't say Strowman this time. At least. <laughs> I just can't talk about the right people. Teoscar Hernandez. (laughs) Uh, I think his role is sort of being cemented as a fourth outfielder who can play center. And that's not a guy you really need to trade. But to answer the question from Matt, now I think my answer is player not yet in the organization. I think it's going to be somebody else because even Alfred is playing a lot of corner outfield in the minors. So I'm not sure that there's a guy on this team right now in this you know, that's close to big league ready because Forrest Wall's a center fielder, but I, I don't think that there's one that they consider a, their next center fielder yet.
0: I bet you the Blue Jays figure out how to have three corner outfielders all at the same time.
1: <laughs> you know what? If those three corner outfielders are Guriel, Alford, and, and, and Gritchuk, that's a pretty good defensive outfield. I'll be pretty happy with that.
0: <laughs> Just tell him he's a left fielder and keep moving him over to the right. No, yeah. or his left. Uh, when you're directing him. You're still a left fielder.
1: All right, I'll, I'll read you Aaron's question, All which right. you started to read incorrectly. And then there's one more, which I'll, you can read to me. But.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, from Aaron Puleski at puleski 29 Vladdy is clearly not going to be the AR Rookie of the Year. That's pretty true. How much work does he have to do to be the Rookie of the Year on his own team? Uh,
0: if we weren't past the halfway point of the season, I would give you the it's a long season story. Um, I I think probably... He has to hit better than Biggio. And I well, don't know, <laughs> you know, at this point. Well, is Guriel still rookie eligible?
1: No, he's not. Okay. I Otherwise, think that'd was. be an easy answer.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's possible that he hits better than Biggio. We haven't seen him on more than like a five-day hot streak, have we?
1: No, and I, this is why, like, he also has considerably more plate appearances than biggio by over a hundred and he leads the jays and actually a bunch of count or he was over a certain stretch leads rookies in a bunch of counting stats but i think that if vlad just starts hitting a little bit the way we thought he would it's not going to be that hard for him to be the best rookie on this team it's not i don't think it's that big of a gap right now between him and biggio just because of the amount of time they've been on the roster
0: yeah, it's fair. I mean, you you look at we had, you know, Danny Jansen jump by how many hundred points of OPS just by we hardly even noticed it, right? Um the talent is as far as we could tell there for Vlad Guerrero Jr. And like I said, if if we were uh 30 days sooner and you asked that question, I would be like, "Oh, Vlad can still be rookie of the year if he's if he's bound and determined to do that There's, we're, I think just too much time has gone by if, even if he gets hot to, to get those stats up to where it would blow people's doors off
1: yeah the, I mean yeah, they, for the American Rookie of the year it's, just, it's not going to happen
0: uh, The Heated End asks are there any discernible styles of player contact, speed, power pitcher that the management team prefers in their roster construction or is it too hard to tell
1: So as we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast, I've written about some of their target styles with pitchers. Uh, But, and we've actually talked about some of their targets with hitters too. These guys with power and, you know, not exactly great contacts or walk rates. You know, just, you know, they got a bunch of those guys over the last couple of years. Hernandez, Grichuk, drury <laughs> mckinney <laughs> it's like we, i could keep, up and can keep going
0: we call right. them bargains
1: <laughs> exactly and that's why i don't think it's that's why i think it is too hard to tell or too early to tell because they've been bargain shopping and they and yeah that's the kind of player you get when you're bargain shopping you got to look on the fringes for something that you know might provide value and little upgrades that doesn't cost a lot so that's why it was like fastball movement or power or whatever but i think we'll see different things once they're actually really going for it and that and they're just going for the guy they want as opposed to the guy that they can get for cheap
0: yeah so these have been moves of opportunity up to this point real you know what they really love josh is right i think we'll find that out when they're trying to go all in and they think that they absolutely need a particular talent on the team
1: you notice how when i was saying those names i didn't say marcus stroman Hmm. <laughs>
0: all right so uh i
1: got players names right
0: <laughs> challenging yourself here the podcast to say the names of the players that you're talking about as opposed to other players who just randomly pop into your head <laughs> i uh i think we should move on to the do-over i feel like this do-over uh stinger here is is more mets than anything else all right what would I do different? <laughs> well, well, I've never actually made a mistake. There have been a few, let's call them, Stenanks that could be worthy of a do-over. I just picture Brody Van Wagon in saying that. They make a lot p- of Stenanks, man. <laughs> All right, so... um, Turns out... This is from Sports Are Dumb, uh, was the original tweet. It turns out that the Mets, who were celebrating the 50th anniversary of the amazing Mets in 1969, uh, apparently killed off two of the living members from that 1969 world champion team today. Amazing indeed. So the team, in their in-memoriam segment of their video, uh, had listed Jim Gosker and Jesse Hudson uh, as deceased. Uh, they are not deceased. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> meet the Mets.
1: Come <laughs> <laughs> down and meet the Mets.
0: So there is uh, an additional... So this is, at the point of that tweet, they had already apologized to Tim, Tim Gosker, but they were still trying to get in touch with Jesse Hudson, and they probably should have gotten in touch with Jesse Hudson sooner because the following appeared on the board at Citi Field... There was an error made in yesterday's We Remember segment during the 1969 anniversary ceremony, in which we included the names and images of Jim Gosker and Jesse Hudson. We are sorry and deeply regret the error. They probably also regret the error on this particular screenshot because Jesse is spelled J-E-S-S-I-E, and that's not how he spells his name.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Track the Mets.
0: <laughs> Delete your team. What would we do for this segment if we didn't have the Mets? <laughs> We'd have to listen to the Jays broadcast. <laughs> and we're
1: happy not to be that that mode.
0: Um, you had a good suggestion when we were chatting about this: is that the Mets should continually, every day, do something ridiculous uh, and just claim that that's how it is, and you shouldn't worry about it because that's just the nature of of the sport.
1: Yeah, and then just it'll just become second nature that the Mets do something dumb, and it won't be reg- it won't register anymore.
0: No longer newsworthy uh, because <laughs> they're just horrible all the time.
1: Yeah, and then, <laughs> so the Mets. Um, there's this back a long time ago. Bill Simmons coined a thing called the Tyson Zone which was essentially... This was when Mike Tyson was in the news all the time. It's like, there could be any news item about Mike Tyson and you would believe that it was true. Hmm. And then, obviously, it's like you could say the Trump zone or whatever. The Mets are in the Tyson zone.
0: Yeah. Where if, if you Termly told me... entrenched. Yeah, if you told me a, a Mets player accidentally lit the clubhouse on fire and the game had to be postponed while they... The, they they put it out and they all played with uh, soot on their uniforms. I would be like, really? OK, well, that happened. <laughs> sure. I wouldn't question it for a second. Yeah. Um, OK. I don't even know how to introduce a Lenny Dykstra segment because Lenny Dykstra, like. Well, a wild Lenny Dykstra appears, I think, is probably about as close as we're going to get.
1: Yeah, But just quick, the do-over is research <laughs> the names and confirm they're all dead before putting them in the list.
0: Yeah, just Very because simple. someone didn't call you back does not equate with their, their being deceased. He's dead to me, so he's going on the list.
1: <laughs> you set that one a nice on a tee for me. Thank you. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so there was a tweet um, from Sandy Side Up on June 27th uh a tweet said, in Barbados, in a Blue Jays jersey, this man is playing with us. A picture of Kawhi Leonard and friend. I don't know who the other guy was. And he is wearing a Blue Jays jersey uh, down in the islands. And Lenny Dykstra leaps into the replies. Not cool. F the Blue Jays. Uh, he he didn't say F. Uh, especially Joe Carter. Yeah, I'll bet it's nice, Kawhi Leonard, not to have your Finals World Series MVP usurped from your grasp. I wouldn't know. Okay. what is lenny dykstra talking about
1: basically dykstra saying that he was going to win the world series mvp but they lost the world series so he didn't win it which is true but they lost in six games (laughs) correct (laughs) um yeah it it was just completely oddball lunacy from lenny dykstra in this moment but (laughs) have you seen what's happened with him since
0: no i have not seen the since there's always a since with lenny though
1: no it's a good one it's actually legitimately fun and would be gold star worthy if it one for the what you just told us so blue jays bat boy at on twitter Mm -hmm. said i'm gonna send lenny a gif of the blue jays every day until he blocks me (laughs) lenny dexter replied i'm gonna send you a picture of the standings every day until you block me and they've been going back and forth with this (laughs) It's legitimately fun.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think I know Blue Jays Batboy well on Twitter. I followed him for a long time. The standings will not hurt his feelings.
1: <laughs> no, and is not hurt, having his feelings hurt either. It's, it's literally just in good fun. And these guys have been doing it and tagging each other. And it, it, I, I really enjoy things like that.
0: So someone asked uh Sandy Sidop asked asked Dykstra to let that hurt go, and his response was no. I'm sure you're all pleasant people, and then if someone invited me to Toronto or something, I'd have a great time, but the pain is deep. It's like, <laughs> wow. Well, I, I get that. Yeah, but it's it's been more than two decades. Oh, he's still way too bitter about it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> also, the 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 fact that, that wasn't about a, a Blue Jays baseball? thing. Yeah, it was yeah. completely not related to baseball. It was just... Really weird. Kawhi Leonard. Did Kawhi Leonard play in, in Lenny's hometown that he would be following him or something? I don't know. Very strange. Oh, yeah. It's good fun, though, when the crazy people come out and make a lot of noise. It gives us something to do. Uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ask you if you have a final thought.
1: I do. This isn't my final thought, but Brandon Drury just took Chris Sale deep. Good for you, Brandon. Uh, I was was talking talking before (laughs) about, you know, Bichette raking in the minors when I was talking about looking like there's an offense coming, right? Yes. Since coming back from breaking his hand, he's sitting 367 with a 457 on base, a 544 slugging, and nine stolen bases without getting caught once. The question now becomes, when is he going to be here? And I think that... It makes watching the trade market for Galvis and Sogard a lot more interesting because, you know, there's still way too
0: many players for the middle of the infield. (laughs) Specifically, players doing well.
1: Yeah, and then Drury just hitting the bomb. But he's not doing well. But I think that that might make them more likely to trade those guys then they would have been if Bichette had come back and was struggling early and was working to find his footing and looking like maybe a September call-up type. But if he's knocking down the door, I think you need to make room for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, just like these other guys who we saw where you really wanted to see them in the bigs get an opportunity, Bobichette is right there. Bichette is not 18 years old. He is older than Vlad Guerrero Jr. There is no... You know if he's doing well and he's doing well in triple A, there's no reason to wait on this guy because he's not quote unquote mature enough and
1: I think that that you just hit on the nail at the nail of the head about the difference between this year and last year with Vlad. Vlad was raking in double a and then in triple A in August he was hitting, and by the time like he had a month in triple A in August and then it was September it's like okay, well, they'll keep him down and play the service time games. Bo Bichette is destroying AAA in early July. It's a lot different to keep a guy down if he's doing that.
0: Yep. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, my final thought is uh, Alexis Brudnicki at Baseball Alexis, and you can tweet it out, a video, 28 seconds long, of Vlad Guerrero Jr. practicing for the MLB Home Run Derby.
1: Oh, yeah, Vlad's giving me the Derby. We should mention that.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's a good final thought. Uh, the Vlad in the Derby... I'm I'm 100% here for. Because it really doesn't matter what happens to his swing, all that BS that goes around every year. Uh, he has 80 raw power. He's going to swing out of his heels like Prince Fielder did. Uh, I want to see that. I want to see that unbridled, carefree Vlad Jr. And I think, you know, even if if it doesn't go well, well, it's, he, he's got a shot to to really make baseball remind baseball why he was such a big deal when he got called up and the sound of the ball off the bat is just wonderful and i want to hear that as many times as possible yeah and hey maybe it'll fix his swing and starting for power again also he's admitted that he's practicing obviously which a lot of guys are like oh i didn't practice bull you didn't you yeah you snuck off somewhere and asked somebody to throw you 50 pitches and see how many you get hit out
1: oh no no he had it it was him on video with his actual john schneider was throwing and they were timing it like so it's like he couldn't throw the next pitch until the first ball left the park it was like a full-on home run derby practice
0: i respect that i had damn right
1: <laughs> it's awesome <laughs>
0: Alrighty, so uh, you have been Josh Housem at Joshua Housem And I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 149 And we'll talk at you next week